Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. How we feeling, Heat Nation? Now, you know what? Don't don't answer that question. I'm not even going to try to do any of the, the positive stuff today because uh, actually earlier today, after the Heat lost to the New York Knicks uh, for their sixth straight loss, if you're not aware, I was over on the Basement Sports Network live streaming and I played my character Optimistic Ann over there and we had a good time because after six straight losses, what can be said that hasn't already been said? Now, I do want to do a couple housekeeping things before we get into Jimmy, before we get into Tyler and all the other juicy stuff to talk about because uh, Heat fans are mad right now, and obviously that includes myself. Uh, so a couple uh, notes on the housekeeping stuff, right? Well, first, before you, you get mad at me for rambling, if you're watching this on YouTube or on a podcast audio platform, whichever, any audio platform of your choice, uh, timestamps are down below. So if you don't want to hear me ramble, then just skip ahead gladly uh, I do want to say I should be calling this believe in Miami heats live because for the first time I'm actually trying something new where I am not only recording this podcast on my camera and on my garageband audio to you know upload later and put on the YouTube channel the video like I always do but I'm also live streaming it right now on my YouTube channel so if y'all ever want to see me uh talk live and while I do this podcast and ask me some questions that I can answer during the show, then check out my YouTube channel. Just search Anthony DiNardo uh, and make sure to like and subscribe and do all that good stuff because it helps me out a lot. Now, I kind of experimented with the live streaming on my personal channel a couple times this week. It went very well, so much so that when I wasn't on my channel after the Knicks game, I had Several people DM me asking me why aren't I streaming? Where's the the video for the game? Uh, Where well, I was on the Basement Sports Network. That's why I said make sure y'all follow them too because I'd be over there a lot. But I figure instead of just these podcasts being me talking to the camera for thirty minutes, why don't I live stream at the same time? See if we get people uh, get people coming and get some questions, uh, and maybe y'all could be a part of the podcast too. So now I'm talking to all of my people uh, watching on the stream right now. Feel free to drop a question down below. And then we'll get y'all. Uh, we'll get y'all up in there. I should make a uh, uh, comment to join the pod. Uh, I'll say. I'll say, recording live stream. Recording live podcast. Okay. Add. Okay, so basically what I did now is I just made a note on the live stream side saying uh, to people to comment, to come join the, the live podcast so I can answer your questions as we do the podcast, uh, if that's making sense. So again, kind of doing this one as a test, so if it's a little sloppy, I'm sorry, but I'm talking to like three different audience now, so I got the, the audio side, which is, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. I got the YouTube video, which is cut and edited and all that stuff, which will be uploaded on Sunday. And then I got the people that I'm talking to live right now on the YouTube channel without all the cuts and edits and all that stuff. So I think I'm going to start doing these maybe pretty late Saturday nights. Uh, so I don't know how many people I'll actually have uh, in the podcast live. But hey, if we get some questions, we're going to answer them on stream. If I confused you, oh, well, I probably confused myself too. Uh, so let's talk about this Miami Heat team, right? Because Heat fans are mad, and that's an understatement, right? A lot of that has been directed towards Jimmy Butler. A lot of that has been directed towards Tyler Hero. Shoot, I've seen it directed towards everyone, actually, from Spolstra to Terry Rozier, okay? So I don't quite know exactly where to start. 
Uh, we could start by talking about this Knicks game, I guess, right? Because I think kind of the story of the game was Jimmy Butler. Uh, because really, the game was the same as all the other losses, right? I mean, they got up big early. Well, I guess that part is new because we know this Heat team ain't been scoring. But they actually got up big early, and then they, they kind of blew the lead. Uh, and then before you know it, uh, the Heat were down 20 points, just like all the other games. The difference is, Jimmy was rather aggressive tonight. Uh, I think he finished with like, what, 25, 28 points, something like that. Uh, let me double check here. He finished with 28 points, and he took 20 shots. Prior to tonight, he's been averaging like 11 shots or something like that. So people were thinking, oh, if you get aggressive Jimmy, then maybe you got a chance to win. But you did get aggressive Jimmy. That wasn't the case tonight, you know, with a win. So that leaves us to say, what is the problem with this Miami Heat team? Now, I do want to talk about Jimmy Butler's aggressiveness uh, on the podcast here because I talked about it on my live stream after the Heat lost to Boston and stuff. But I want to talk about it for the people that's over here as well. I was part of the camp uh, that said, I don't care if how lackadaisical Jimmy Butler is in the regular season because every time we get to the playoffs, he's he turns into God mode. You know what I mean? And he's 34 years old. He obviously gets hit a lot when he attacks the basket. I said, if he needs to be conservative of his body in the regular season to get that playoff performance, I'm fine with it. And the biggest pushback that I got on that is saying, hey, you got to start holding Jimmy Butler accountable because, you know, he's getting paid all this money. And I want to say those people are right as well because I don't give Jimmy Butler too much flack in the regular season, but it's to a certain extent. I think he needs to pick and choose his spots when to be aggressive. And of late, I don't think he's been doing a great job of that because what good is playoff Jimmy? If you don't get to the playoffs, and I was starting to give him some flack for this last year when they were the seventh, eighth seed, and they were getting in that playing tournament, I said, hey, you got to turn it up sooner or later, Jimmy Butler. I'm getting tired of you watching you taking seven, eight shots a game versus terrible teams, and he to losing all these games. And the same thing is kind of starting to happen this season, because let's go back and look through the last, uh, the last losing streak, right? They got their ass kicked by the Toronto Raptors. If y'all remember, the Raptors shot the lights out, and I said, okay, whatever, not that big a deal. And then I said that he was going to try the next game because they had the Atlanta Hawks. That was Udonis Haslam night. They're not going to lose in front of UD and Dwayne Wade and Goron and Alonzo and Pat and everyone else that was there, right? Well, it was a close game. DeJounte Murray hit a game winner. That's the way to turn tables. And then I said, okay, you playing an Orlando Magic team just a few hours up the road. The team is very good, but you should be able to handle them. You got your ass kicked. That's fine. Maybe they underestimated a lowly Orlando Magic team. This is me, you know, as a Heat fan, giving the Heat these excuses, right? But then you come home versus the Memphis Grizzlies, who rolled out a lineup that had major minutes from the likes of David Roddy, Vince Williams, G.G. Jackson, Scottie Pippen Jr. Their only normal rotation player that played was Jaron Jackson, who was 5 for 21 because Bam was clamping that boy. So you'd think the Heat would have won that game versus a lowly Grizzlies team. No, they lost by nine points in a game that ended up being not all that close. So now you're like, uh-oh, you're still losing. Jimmy Butler's not trying. You were on a three-game losing streak. You thought that would have been the wake-up call where Jimmy could have did whatever he wants against these young Grizzlies, but he didn't try. So you say, okay, they're coming up at home versus the Boston Celtics. We know Jimmy hates the Boston Celtics. This is national television. Jimmy's going to try. We didn't get it. 
you're looking at a five-game losing streak. So now coming in today, say, hey, national TV again versus a big rival, the New York Knicks. Is Jimmy Butler going to try tonight? You'd think he would, and he did try, but it didn't matter. So I'm sitting here as a Heat fan saying, what the hell is the problem? Now, I want to talk about the Tyler Hero thing for a little bit here. And uh, once again, I'm doing this. I'm recording my podcast that will be uploaded tomorrow, the cut and edited video, and also the the audio platform. But I'm also live streaming right now, and I see I got a ton of comments here. uh, And I will be getting to a lot of these comments kind of after we're done talking about the main points here. So... Tyler Hero has been a large topic of conversation for several years now, right? I have a whole rap about Tyler Hero called Perspectives, where I rap from the people that hate him and the people that love him. Because for, for some reason, he's become one of the most polarizing players in the in Heat history, right? Uh, I think the, the it's kind of a, make sure y'all go check it out. Like, it is a mystery how in Heat history, Hero is one of the most polarized. Fans either thinking he killed the Heat, lead him to victory, always stay fighting their side. Fans always go to extreme where there's no in-between failing to realize that it's subjective. I'm about to rap from both perspectives, starting with the pro. You already know. Uh, what did I say? I said starting with the pro. You already know. Ba, ba, ba. That's my baby. Go. Give and get buckets. That's quid pro quo. Put you on the top 10 list, mo- Mojo. You two can shoot from the logo. I be seeing you cook putting dudes in the blender, then leaving them shook as you're only getting better. I be praying for defenders. Wait, as you only get better, I'll be praying for defenders. And they're calling you a Kendall because you like D-Book. Do y'all like that bar? I said they calling you a Kendall because you like D-Book. Like a Kindle and the book, you know, the Amazon Kindle, but also Kendall Jenner and D-Book. They be comparing Tyler to, to D-Book. Uh, anyways, I could keep going through the rest of the song, but y'all could y'all could listen to it where it's edited and I recorded 100 times because I'm not a rapper, so I'm not going to do that live as well. But anyways... Uh, point is, Tyler Hero is uh, polarizing, right? You, for years, you have people that hated him and loved him, said he doesn't work well, right? And everyone that said they don't like his fit on the team was called a hater because that's what the toxic internet is. I don't know. As my guy Royal A. Shepard says, everyone on the internet is ones and zero, so we don't be listening to that anyways. Uh, and I was sort of, I was in and out of the group that, that thought Tyler maybe should be traded slash coming off the bench, right? Because that's what we're talking about when we're saying the people that are Tyler Hero haters, right? At first, I was kind of part of the group saying, I'll start with this. Coming into this season, I had a bold prediction Tyler Hero would be an all-star, right? Uh, And he started the season very well, right? I thought he was very efficient. And then he got hurt, and the team started winning games. And I kind of looked at that and said, hey, Tyler Hero was hurt in the finals last year. They made the finals without him. Tyler Hero was hurt this year. They couldn't stop winning games. That kind of begged the question to me of, hey, maybe he's not as important as I thought he was, right? Because a lot of people will, will talk about, oh, his fit on the court looks weird, this and that. But the facts are they made the finals without him. So at the very least, they don't need him. And that's something I started thinking about when I was talking about maybe wanting to trade Tyler Hero. Now, Tyler Hero is an amazing basketball player. I always got to say this, so the Hero stands don't come after me. Tyler Hero is an amazing basketball player, very, very skilled offensively, right? But his fit on this particular team, I don't think works well. He's very isolation heavy. He's not great at defense, not a great lob threat, right? And we can see that there's not a ton of chemistry. He'll throw a lob to Bam every once in a while, which is more than we see from Jimmy and Bam, right? 
but I just don't think it works great, especially when you compare it to a guy like Duncan Robinson, who every time he's in the starting lineup, things look real smooth. And you know Duncan got chemistry with Jimmy and Bam. So uh, if the Heat aren't going to trade Tyler Hero, I've always been part of the, the group that says, hey, you got to put him off the bench. But the way things have been looking, I'm not sure that Pat Riley would even be satisfied with that anymore. This is how we're going to find out if Pat Riley's still that killer, right? Because back in the day, Pat Riley didn't care about the young guys. He didn't care about the draft picks. He traded a young Lamar Odom and a young Karan Butler to, uh, to get Shaq, right? And Pat Riley just saw them in person get dominated by the Celtics. He saw them in person get dominated by the Knicks. And that's not something that the old Pat Riley would just say, oh, okay, we'll keep going with this build. That's something that would have pissed him off and incentivized him to make some trades. Now, the trade deadline is February 8th. So there's still some time for Pat to realize that this core might be done. Now, to all the people that say, hey, Jimmy's the problem because he's lackadaisical. Bam's the problem because he can't make a mid-range jump shot no more. Tyler, I'm not putting all the blame on Tyler. Everything about those two other guys is correct. But if you're going to agree with me that this core of Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler has run its course and you need to trade one of them, I think it has to be Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler has been too amazing, too much of a superstar in the playoffs. It's hard to replace a guy like that. I don't think you could ever trade him, right? Bam Adebayo is undoubtedly the best defender in the NBA, and he's a guy that we know can score 20 points a night. By process of elimination, the guy you got to move on from is Tyler Hero. Now, I, I understand that his trade value isn't as much as the other guys because it's not as good, but I just think that means that you got to trade him. Now, I guess I kind of want to talk a little bit about, uh, well, before I get into how to, how to fix this Heat team, I want to talk about how it seems like more and more people are starting to realize that maybe it's time to move on from Tyler Hero. And again, that's not me saying that Tyler Hero is the problem. I just think maybe it's time to move on from him because, like I said, you got to do something and you can't trade the other two guys. Uh, as my guy Van Lee says in the comments here on the live stream, you can't trade Bam. Exactly. I've seen, let's talk Let's talk about the Basement Sports Network, right? On Twitter, for a while, you have, you've had a lot of guys tweet out from there the Heat record when Tyler Hero was a starter. And it's not very good, right? The I, You know what? I'll look it up right now. Let's go to StatMuse. We're going to do this live and try to figure it out, right? So let's do Miami Heat's record with Hero as a starter. So the Miami Heat record with Tyler Hero as a starter is... Boy, why did it say Myers Leonard's record with the Heat as a starter? I said Miami Heat record... With Tyler Hero as a starter. This is on Stat Muse, by the way. If anybody wants to have some fun with stuff, they have an excellent, uh, excellent program. Uh, with is literally giving you Myers Leonard's record with the Miami Heat as, and I'm literally typing Miami Heat record with Tyler Hero starting. Let's try that. Uh, usually it works pretty well. I thought I could do it live. Maybe not. If it's not gonna give it to me, I'm just gonna give you the uh, the estimate numbers off the top of my head that I know. Okay, here we go. So all time. Oh, no. See, this just gives me the record with Tyler. All right. The stat music is bugging now. I apologize that you have to listen to this live. But basically, I believe the Miami Heat are like one game under 500 in their entire uh, lifespan of, of Tyler Hero's career when he starts. When you look at the numbers in the same time frame since Tyler was drafted of Duncan Robinson starting, 
they're pretty much well above 500. And there's a lot of uh, different variations of that you can do where when it's Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler starting, just Jimmy and Tyler, just Tyler and Bam, and then just Duncan starting, Duncan and Bam, Duncan and Jim, right? That's why I kind of wanted to do it live so we could play around with it, but it's bugging a little bit now, so you can look up in your own time. All of the statistics show, though, that when Tyler Hero is starting, they are not as good record-wise than when they're not. Now, for all the hero stands, it's not as simple as that. You can't just look at a number and say, oh, they lose more when he plays. They lose uh, less when Duncan starts, right? You can't. It's not that basic. It's basketball. There's a lot of variables, right? But the sample size is starting to become too big where it at least takes some consideration. This is something I said a few weeks ago when I made a Tyler Hero video and I talked about the stats then about the Heat have a losing record when he's a starter. And they've gotten worse since then. It's big enough a sample size where I think it might no longer be a coincidence. Yeah, even have people on Twitter that used to hate on the guys in the basement, like Kendall was saying this, Alex Sheltman was saying this. They were hating on those guys for bringing up that stat. But now they're starting to agree with it. I even saw my guy, Brendan Tobin, who in my opinion is my favorite content creator, Miami sports analyst, right? And a lot of people watching this might know Brendan Tobin. He is like the best. He's the guy. He, he does the radio on uh, 560 WQAM, right? Every, every weekday. And he has no haters. One of the most positive guys, right? On their last episode, they said that Eric Tobin said the same stat with Tyler Hero as a starter and Duncan Robinson as a starter. And Tobin said, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to give you the stats. And when a guy like Tobin is starting to notice the trend, the, you know, one of the most positive guys is starting to notice the trend, how you don't win as much when you have Tyler Hero, it's it's hard to deny it anymore. Every day, you're starting to see less and less uh, Heat fans, or you're starting to see less and less Hero fans uh, stand up for him every day. Uh, it, 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 it sucks. It, it sucks because I like Tyler Hero a lot. He seems like a very nice guy. From everything you heard, he works his ass off. But for whatever reason, it doesn't work well on this team. I don't know if it's because he's isolation heavy. I don't know if it's because the defense isn't great because Terry Rozier is isolation heavy. Not He hasn't been good so far, but if you trade Tyler, are you going to have the same problem with Terry? Duncan Robinson's defense is not great, but he works so well with the starting lineup. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because Tyler Hero is not all that efficient. You know, he'll have these... Uh, games over 50%, but they're too few and far between. Maybe it's that. I, I don't know, you know, but I think it's time to move on. Now, would this fix the heat? I don't know, but my plan for the Miami Heat going forward is I would like to trade Tyler Hero this season before the tra February 8th trade deadline for a couple guys that I think fit better on this team, particularly a starting power forward and maybe someone that could play backup guard spot, right? A couple of deals that could exist like that. And I'm going very general here because I would like to get a full video out about this uh, where I actually break down the trades, go on the trade machine and play around with it. But maybe you trade Tyler for a package of Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Two guys that aren't as good as Tyler Hero, but Dorian Finney-Smith would fit perfect at that starting four spot. He's a very versatile, switchy, great defender at that four spot and an excellent three-point shooter. 
he, he is almost sort of a, a P.J. Tucker-esque type player. And we know how great P.J. Tucker played that role here. In this kind of offense, you need a guy that can shoot threes in the corner because that's where you get your floor spacing for guys like Jimmy and Bam to drive. And then obviously Spencer Dinwiddie, he's the guy that can fill it up. He's having a pretty terrible season shooting the ball. But, you know, he has a large enough sample size throughout his career to show that he's an excellent player as well. I like a package like that. Now, whether we have to give a first, they give us a first, I don't know the details. I'm going to look around at the trade machine a little bit. But a package like that, I think it helped the Miami Heat because it fits better. Maybe a similar trade. You trade Tyler Hero to the Washington Wizards, another young team who might like his talents. I mean, then they'd have Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero on the same team. That could be awkward. But maybe you do something like that, and then we get back Kyle Kuzma and Tyus Jones. Kyle Kuzma is an excellent rebounder, excellent shooter from the four spot. Those are two things that would be perfect in this Heat starting lineup. And then you'd also get Tyus Jones, who is the epitome of a like facilitating point guard. He's got like an assist to turnover ratio of like five to one. He's a no mistake point guard, which is exactly the type of guy you'd want coming off the bench, you know, to help kind of run a bench unit. If you start Terry Rozier, or maybe you start Tyus Jones, have Terry Rozier be the bucket off the bench, you could work with it there. Point is, having a Kuzma and Tyus Jones could work better than having a Tyler Hero. So those are just kind of two trades that I've been thinking about on the top of my head that I think uh, that I think might work better than just having Tyler Hero on the team, even though the guys they're getting aren't as good because they got to do something. Pat Riley's also talked a lot about uh, like he thinks builds really get like five years before you can really see it through. Well, this is year five. Is he going to waste another year and wait till next year when Jimmy Butler's 35 to really make moves? I hope not. Because I think Jimmy Butler has earned uh, this for the organization to do everything in their power to get them to win right now, right? Uh, got a few other comments here just about other stuff not related because that's kind of much the pretty pretty much the two top topics that Heat fans have been wanting to talk about. Uh, let me go through some of these comments here on the live stream. Once again, uh, if you're on the audio side, make sure to check out the live stream sometimes if you're up late on a Saturday because that's mostly when I'm going to do it. Uh, and if not, if you just want to see the video, We'll still come to the YouTube side. I'll have it up, uh, uploaded and edited. Uh, and for everyone that's in the live stream right now, I know I've been looking up at the camera. Uh, make sure y'all check out the actual video tomorrow too when I cut and edit it. Uh, and show a love, show some likes and stuff because uh, I want to try to run up those numbers as well. Uh, but we got uh, my guy Dan the Film Jet. He said, yo, glad to see you streaming again, brother. I appreciate you, my guy. Uh, we got John Constantine saying, or Gene, uh, would you be interested in doing would Miami be interested in doing a 10-day contract? I mean, who who do you want with a 10-day contract? I haven't really looked at a list. Uh, I do know there's a lot of buyout guys that could be available that I've talked about, like Alec Burks, Doug McDermott I like a lot. Uh, people were saying even Kelly Olynyk. Uh, I like Patty Mills as a potential buyout guy. The issue is with getting a buyout guy like Gordon Hayward is because of all these apron rules and the salary cap and stuff, the Miami Heat actually can't sign a buyout player if their current contract is over league average, which is like $12 million. Meaning if Gordon Hayward was to get bought out, the Heat can't sign him. Now, there's a couple small moves they could have made that would get them under that first apron that would allow them to do that. For example, they could cut Drew Smith, which I got no problem with. I'm not going to lie to you. They could also move on from like Thomas Bryant. They could, they could do some sort of stuff like that. So right now they can't get Gordon Hayward. But if this Heat team makes some smaller moves lining up, you know, let's say they don't acquire a player, but they make some smaller moves to shed salary, Gordon Hayward is the guy that I would uh, keep an eye on here. 
Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, reading some of these comments here. Uh, Hero sucks from Jeff Heinzel. Uh, tell you more and more people are starting to get on that out here. I got my boy John. Shout out my boy John. Uh, make sure y'all go check out his uh his stuff. He be streaming video games and stuff too. That's my boy. Uh, we got another comment from Gene Constantine. I like that name, Gene Constantine. He says, Ant, do you think our bench is too heavy? You know, that's a good question because I kind of got annoyed when this is the first game the Heat have been fully healthy, right? Because you got K-Love back, you got Hame Hawkins back. Uh, and Spolster said before the game something along the lines of, this is the first time I've had all of our pieces. Uh, and he's like, it could be a little bit of a challenge. I'm like, don't give me that BS, bro. Like, you say when you don't, ha- when everyone's hurt, you have enough. And now you got everyone back and you say it's going to be a challenge? Like, I don't think having too many guys is a challenge. Although I get it from a rotation standpoint. It, it begs some questions. Like, Josh Richardson didn't play tonight. I feel like he's been playing fine. You know, people are hating on Jay Rich. But he's literally a minimum contract guy. He's been fine. Uh, but I didn't really like that from Spo. So, to answer uh, uh, Gene Constantine's question, do you think the bench is too deep? I mean, I don't think too deep is a thing. But do they have some contracts that they can package and maybe trade to get someone better? Yeah, if it's available. Uh, but I think I'd rather start with trading Tyler and kind of building around Jimmy and Bam because I do think you can win around those two guys. I mean, you got to the finals last year with Jimmy and Bam. No Tyler, right? And it was a lot of the other role guys that that had to step up as well. But I feel like, you know, you lost Gabe, you lost Shrews, but you replaced it with Jaime Jaquez. Bam Adebayo looks more improved and more versatile. Caleb Martin is still on the team, at least for this year. You can make the argument this Heat team is better than last year's Heat team. Uh, and that includes Terry Rozier as well. Uh, Dan the Film Gen says, bring back Jamari Bouye because he shot out George from the basement. Uh, no. Uh, where's that from? That's from, uh, what's, what, that's from, uh, is that from uh, my wife and kids? Yeah, y'all ever see my wife and kids? Where, uh, what's the dad's name too? I forget. The, the Wayne's brother, he's like, uh, no. Well. That's how I feel about Tarot's here. That might be an obscure reference. Uh, some names that Constantine brings up in the comments here. He says, Alfred Aminu. She, how, how old is Alfred Aminu? I would have liked him seven, eight years ago because that good boy could play a little D and shoot the three, but I feel like he's been out of the league for a minute. Uh, he's only 33. Alfred Aminu was only 33, but he has not been in the NBA for three seasons now. So obviously that's a bit concerning, but theoretically what he provides you know stretch four i would like uh he also mentions nicole miritich who's awesome but he kind of went to europe because he didn't want to play in the nba so i don't think he'd come back uh and then gene also mentions demarcus cousins demarcus cousins is a guy that i've wanted for a very long time he used to be one of my favorite players in the league when he was you know one of the most dominant but there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like him and if nobody is signed demarcus cousins if he's playing in taiwan which is not even like a higher level overseas place, something tells me that he's probably washed up a little bit too much. Uh, we also got Van Lee in the comments here saying, Jake Fisher, who had inside info on the Rozier trade, said Washington values Ty Jones as a starter uh, and Kuzma as two first-round picks. To me, though, if you got a guy like Jake Fisher revealing reports like from a team that, oh, we value so-and-so as this amount, that means they're trying to move those guys, and you're never going to actually say what you value them at. Meaning, if you value Kuzma as two first-round picks, you're probably hoping to get one for him. 
If you value Tyus Jones as getting a starter back, you might settle for a mid-starter to higher-level bench role player. I, I don't know. But Tyus Jones is on the last year of his contract, I believe. So it's like they don't have that much saying what they want for him. Kuzma a little more so because I believe he's getting getting paid a ton of money. Uh, Dan the Filmgen says, to be honest, I don't. Uh, I kind of don't want to give up on Thomas Bryant, and I want to give him more of a chance. It's obvious he doesn't fit with Spoke Browns on the team. Uh, real quick on Thomas Bryant because I don't think that many people care about him, quite frankly. Uh, people be hated on Thomas Bryant, right? He's a veteran player. He's fine for a veteran player. He's not a great defender. He's lost out there at times. But when he's out there, I feel like he hustles hard. He gets some dunks to energize the crowd, some putbacks. He's fine. He's way better than Cody Zeller and Dwayne Dedman, which are the other veteran minimum bigs they've tried recently. I think he's fine. Uh, Levy Shaw is annoyed that the Heat missed out on Oubre and Lonnie Walker and Christian Wood because they wanted to wait for Dame. That's an interesting topic. Sometimes I wonder what this Heat roster would look like if Damian Lillard never asked out. Because I think you'd have Pat Riley and you'd have Mickey Harrison and Scott Simon and everyone in the front office saying, hey, this Heat team just made the finals. It's important that we improve on this core and this roster so we can compete with the other teams in the East. I think that they would have noticed that because they're not idiots, right? I'd like to think so. I think they would have noticed that and said, hey, let's try to get some of these other guys. We like Ubre. We like Christian Wood, right? But then Damian Lillard asked out. But then Damian Lillard said, I want to go to the Heat. And because of Joe Cronin's bum ass, it dragged out the entire summer until all the key free agents were gone. A lot of trade pieces went elsewhere. And it was all too late by the time Dame went to Milwaukee. By the time Dame went to, to Milwaukee, all that was left was Josh Richardson and Thomas Bryant. So pardon me wonders if he didn't screw over the heat, like, or if Dame never even asked out, or if Cronin would have sent to, uh, Dame to Milwaukee right away, maybe the heat could have and would have made some other moves before it was too late. Because I do think Ubre would have been nice here. I do love Lonnie Walker. Uh, Van Lee says, would you trade Hero and Duncan for Clay and Sarge? Uh, no, because I think Duncan is better than Clay Thompson right now. Uh, but I mean, Sarge is fine. He, he's kind of a nice stretch for, uh, but no, that, that's not enough value right there. Uh, Miami Majestic says an eternal fix is having Tyler come off the bench. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's starting to think like that. Uh, this is a topic I don't like from my guy, Dan, the film gent. Uh, I know you my boy, though, but you said uh, it's not debatable that Caleb isn't the same player he was in the playoffs. I don't know if it's injuries or getting him, but he doesn't look the same. That that playoff Caleb was like a, a lightning in a bottle type run. I don't think it's fair for Heat fans to expect that coming into this season. Now, coming into this season, he was hurt. So when he did come back, he did need some time to get adjusted. But I think Heat fans are forgetting when Caleb was healthy this year, he was very good. Like, he had a very, very nice run. But then that's when he hurt his ankle again. If y'all remember, he slipped on the floor. And since then, there's been a lot of inconsistency in the lineup. He's been in the starting lineup. Six man, not playing, right? And I think that's been hard for him to actually get back to his game. So I think he's getting a lot of undeserved hate. There's a lot of people ready to write off Caleb Martin for, like, another one-year rental of someone like, like a Tyus Jones and to me, Caleb Martin is still much a much better player than a Tyus Jones, especially when you're talking about a one-year rental. So I wouldn't just give Caleb Martin up for pennies, even though they're not going to be able to re-sign him, you know, or or afford to re-sign him uh, next season. 
Uh, Dan also says, is Rios, uh, Mario Chalmers still in the G League or overseas? Well, y'all know Mario Chalmers is my boy. Uh, technically, he's the co-host on this podcast, even though we've done two episodes together. But my guy is very busy, obviously. So, so no shade to us. He's he's awesome. Like he's legit one of the nicest dudes. Uh, but he played overseas a few different places. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to keep up because he's he's tried a, a few different ventures. Uh, but he's also working a lot, like just on the business side and stuff. So he has a lot going on. And truthfully, at this point, I'm not sure if he's still trying to pursue the pro basketball career or just start work start working on other ventures in life. So so I'm not entirely sure. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, we got my guy team to beat Miami heat. Shout out to my guy. Make sure y'all go subscribe to his channel on YouTube. He's doing his content creation thing as well. He says, do you think the Miami heat need a marginal move? Like getting a Davion Mitchell and Trey Lyles, or do we need to trade Tyler for a Kuzma or a player of that caliber? Uh, well, kind of earlier I said, I would trade, uh, Tyler for a package of like Kuzma, Trey, Trey Jones. But I would say that is a marginal move, right? I don't, I don't think Kyle Kuzma is some sort of a superstar or anything like that. Uh, the whole Davion Mitchell thing, which I've seen some Heat fans talking about, uh, no. Davion Mitchell is shooting like under 30% from the field and like 18% from three. And we know that the Miami Heat can't score as this. So they going to bring in Davion Mitchell? I think not. If they need a guy to play perimeter defense, they got Caleb Martin. They got Josh Richardson. Help bring back Marcus Garrett. Bring back Briante uh, Weber. Because those two guys, they're at, they're about as good as Davion Mitchell. Now, no disrespect to Davion Mitchell, former lottery pick. Uh, I think even when like Marcus Garrett, or no, Davion Mitchell was on JJ Reddick's podcast. And Davion Mitchell even said that Marcus Garrett was the best defender that he ever played against. Right? So if they were going to sign that type of player, go get Marcus Garrett. Uh, but ideally, I would like to trade Tyler for someone like Dorian Finney-Smith or Kyle Kuzma uh, or something like that. So uh, I want to get into a couple of these other topics here so we can close out the pod uh, pretty soon. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Paul Pierce said that UD's jersey retirements was given, not earned. Uh, I'm not going to discuss that because we all know that it's earned. You know, we know what Udonis Haslam did. I'm not going to spend 30 minutes talking about the leading rebounder and the Dirk stopper and all that stuff. But... Obviously, we all hate Paul Pierce, right? Uh, and this is actually something I asked Mario Chalmers about, too, because uh, they're Kansas boys. And Rio said that Paul Pierce was his boy. So I was like, all right, I, I respect that. But I low-key respect what Paul Pierce's hate, right? Because when you look at how adamant he is about hating LeBron and hating the Miami Heat, it's commendable in a way. Like, I see clips on TikTok of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, their podcast, one of the most annoying things ever, right? KG, everything he says, he's yelling, right? I, I kind of have that tendency too. I, yeah, I feel like I yell a lot. But everything KG says, he's yelling, right? Uh, but he was naming like players who have the most dog in them in the league. And KG was like, oh, Pat Bev and Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler and LeBron. And as soon as KG said LeBron, Paul Pierce is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I want to go that far. So it's like every little thing he's petty about. Uh, a part of me respects that. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, I talk, I got some notes here about Miami getting their ass bust by Orlando. Uh, shoot. Uh, I wrote a note here about DeJounte Murray. There was a report that like he might go to the Lakers, but the Lakers wanted to move on from D'Lo because they wanted an expiring contract. But this package was supposed to be centered around just like an expiring contract and a first. If that's the package for DeJounte Murray, I will be pissed. 
because then it's confirmed that the only reason the Heat did not go after DeJounte Murray is because he gets paid more money for more years than Terry Rozier. Because obviously, DeJounte Murray is a way better player than Terry Rozier. And you got no questions on the defensive end, which right now, you got a lot with, uh, with Scary Terry. Who, yeah, it's been three games. I'm going to give him time to get better. But I will also acknowledge that he's been terrible, right? Uh, but I'll, I'll be interested to see when DeJounte Murray gets moved because I do think that he does. Uh, the other note I got here is uh, Bam, Tyler, Jimmy, and Duncan were all finalists for Team USA. Uh, don't care. Uh, I was also going to talk about the all-star starters that came out because a lot of people were mad that Dame was in it and Brunson got snubbed. Uh, and again, I don't care. Like, there, there's a big thing on Heat Twitter, uh, you know, during these. And, and I respect it. Everyone's like, oh, vote for Bam. And they got all these campaigns. Vote for Jimmy. The Heat put out these campaigns. And to be honest, as a fan, I could not care less. It was nice when Bam was young. I was into it. I voted every day. Get Bam in the All-Star game. But at this point, win a damn championship. We sitting here talking about All-Star games. Now, again, it's not really the players because we know Jimmy don't care about that, right? And also, as a fan, it's like, if Jimmy don't care about it, why am I going to care about it, right? Like, I just want to win a championship. Playing the All-Star game, don't play an All-Star game, I could not care less, personally. Uh, same goes for Team USA. Uh, a couple of the other topics I got here, some NBA topics. Uh, well, Embiid scored 70. And then that same night, Towns had, I think, 62 and a loss, which is the most hilarious thing. There's going to be a lot of drama there because uh, the coach did not hold back. I think the coach is Chris Finch. He did not hold back after that game. He said, oh, Towns was gunning for 70. Towns was not playing defense because Towns was benched. Imagine scoring 62 and getting benched. That's wild. Now, would I take Carl Anthony Towns on Miami Heat? I think so. I mean, he's so good, dog. You talking about a guy that can rebound and stretch the floor? He is elite, elite, elite in both of that. Now, I know I'm probably going to look at the comments here, and a lot of people are going to say that Jimmy Butler hates him, so you can't do it. Uh, and you would be right. So it'll never happen. But I could dream, right? Uh, but it's funny, too, because, like, what? A few days later, you had a Booker score 62 in a loss. And then you also had Luka score 73. Somebody's going to break Kobe's 81, like, in our lifetime. And it will be sooner than later. And actually, I was thinking about this literally, like, two weeks ago. Who would be the guy to do it? And I said Luka. Like, I was just talking with the boys in the group chat. And I said Luka. Sure enough, a couple weeks later, the boy has 73. Uh, and that game almost went to overtime, too. He could have did it, dog. But someone's going to have it. So uh, a lot of people are t- saying that it's a problem with the NBA right now. Like, no one's playing defense. I don't know. I-, I think guys are playing defense, but scores are just a lot better than they were 20 years ago. Right? You've seen all the crazy things these guys do. You're seeing a seven-footer like Joel Embiid fade away, hit three-pointers, 90% from the free throw line. Right? Uh, and scores are just better. And-, and great offense will always be great defense. That's just, just kind of how I feel about it. You also had the Bucks who fired Adrian Griffin. Now, there's been a lot of writing on the walls earlier this year where Terry Stotts was quit like the first week because he didn't agree with the head coach. You had uh, Bobby Portis and stuff talking about coaching after a couple losses earlier this year. But at 30 and 13 to fire a coach is wild. I got to believe that's unheard of, which that's why it kind of sucks because obviously they probably had a lot of drama in the locker room you would have hoped it would have translated to the, the win-loss column. They wouldn't be freaking number two in the East. But what are you going to do? I got my own team to worry about. I can't be worrying about the Bucks 30 and 13, right? Uh, the Heat going to bust that ass in the playoffs, though. Don't forget I said it. Uh, let me check the rest of these comments. If ain't nothing else, I'm probably going to get out of here soon. Uh, we got Dan saying, why do we even talk about what 
He said, why do we even need to talk about what that green shorts man says at this point? It's obvious he's salty about us. Damn, who are you talking about? Green shorts, man. I don't really know what he's talking about. Uh, we got another comment from my guy, one. He says, Miami let go of the three guards that got them to the finals and kept the one guard in Tyler that was on the bench in street clothes. Three guards. Well, I guess you're talking, Struce really wasn't a guard, but I, I guess you're talking Struce, Gabe, and are you talking Depot? Is that is that who you're talking about here? Uh, unless I'm missing someone. I don't, I don't think so. Unless you're talking about Kyle Lowry. Is you talking about Kyle Lowry, dog? I get it. Kyle Lowry will show up his moments, but for a guy getting paid that much money, you got to go. Especially when this team can't score and the dude is averaging two points a game. Nah, get out of here, Kyle Lowry. Uh, and yeah, I like Gabe Vincent, but couldn't really afford to pay him. Same with Max Struess and whatever. I mean, for what you lost in Max Struess, you're making up in a great Duncan year. For what you lost in Gabe Vincent, you got Jaime Jaquez. Different role, different position, but he's phenomenal. You know, uh, I still think this Heat team is better than last year. Uh, Dan said, bring in Alondis Williams. Bro, Alondis Williams, if y'all ain't been keeping up with the Heat G League team, Sioux Falls Sky first, uh, that, uh, Sky Force, that boy scored 55, like, a couple weeks ago. So, no doubt about it, that guy could get buckets. Now, I was not watching the game, but I saw that he scored 55. Uh, Gene Constantine says, uh, name the best four that can fit in next to Bam in a bio. And would you prefer four next to man that can space the floor or four that can play defense and is a long threat? Uh, that's an interesting question, right? Because I've liked guys like Siakam, right? When you're talking about the perfect four next to man because he's a great passer, could play defense. He could stretch the floor a little bit, but that's not what he's known for. And I really like the idea of having two great passing bigs that could play switchy defense next to each other. Because we know Spoke going to switch everything anyways, right? So... You know, the more Bams, the better. I think five Bams could win a championship. They probably could score enough. But it'd be interesting to see, right? I've also liked the idea of Larry Markkinen, who's pretty much just a stretch four, you know, right? Really good shooter, decent rebounder. I like guys like him too. Uh, so I, I don't know. But I think the role that I would like is a P.J. Tucker-esque type player. Now, I guess P.J. Tucker might be out there. We're talking about buyout guys, which he hasn't been playing he might be rested. Maybe he's ready to go. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he can hurt this team, but I mean, that's it's kind of it'd be kind of like adding another Kevin Love at this age. So I don't see the point of adding PJ. But a guy that I would like is, like I said, Dorian Finney-Smith or Kyle Kuzma. Uh, I think that's all. I'm, I think that's where I'm going to wrap up this podcast. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. We have quite a lot of people in this live stream. So make sure y'all uh, keep tuning in. I think what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to go live every Saturday night. I usually have time pretty late on Saturday, so uh, the late night crew, it's 12.30 a.m. for those of y'all that, that don't know. Uh, so I appreciate the late night crew turning, tuning in with me here and being able to rant and, and ramble with me a little bit. Uh, so I'll probably do the live streams like every Saturday night, and I'll have the audio recorded on Sunday and the actual video with the cut and the edits and the color boost all uploaded on uh, Sunday as well. Uh, so make sure everyone in the stream right now, go go check out the video. Uh, and everyone on the video, check out the stream. And everyone on the audio, check out the video and uh, all that other stuff. Anyways, the Miami Heat played the Phoenix Suns on Monday uh, where they going to blow that shit out. Shout out to Royal A. Shepard. And I'll see you all after that game. Peace out. Look, pull up in the city, tryna get that dead fast. Slice. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a head space. You know this homegrown bitch don't offend me. Hmm. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.